Welcome to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys. Happy Father's Day for all the people out there who are fathers. Even if you're a father and you have no uh, family, wherever you're at, God loves you. And whatever is going on in your life, God cares about you. And He knows what you're going through. And so, Happy Father's Day, Lord God. We come before you on Growing in His Word. We thank you for this time. Father, we ask that you, Father, your Holy Spirit, go forward as we read your word, Father. And we pray that you come, Lord, and aid this study, Father, in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys, and thank you for joining Growing in His Word. I'm Joseph. And, you know, last week we were talking about Revelation chapter 14, and we were talking about the reaping grapes of wrath of the temple is in, it's in heaven. And, 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 you know, we were talking about the sharp sickle. And how another angel came out from the altar who had great had power over fire. And he cried out with a loud cry. And he had a sharp sickle saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters in the vine of the earth. For the grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine in the earth. And threw it into the great wine press of the, of the wrath of God. We see that in John was talking about in Revelation chapter uh, 14, you know, we talk about, uh, he's seen the angels giving John on the island of Patmos. John was banished to the island of Patmos. They try to cook him in a hot, uh, a big old giant, you know, hot liquid oil and try to burn him to death. But he escaped to the island of uh, Patmos. And there's where he got the revelation, the book of Revelation. And in chapter 14, he talks about the actual 144. These are the actual uh, 12 times 12 is 144. These are the 144,000 Hebrews that are born again Messianic Jews who will then go out once we are raptured. And how it says in Revelation, we preached about that uh, in chapter 4, where the door was open and John saw the door open. And that's where we see the coming of the Messiah, raptured away. We are raptured away, and then First Thessalonians talks about to be caught up, to be taken away in a twinkling of an eye. Of an eye. God blows the trumpet. Angel Gabriel, I believe it's Angel Gabriel, blows the trumpet. We believers hear it, the ones who are real believers, and we then are caught up, harpazo in Greek, it doesn't say rapture in the Bible, but it says for all you believers out there who say, well, I don't see the word rapture. Well, it's harpazo. And harpazo in Greek in is to be means to be caught up, snatched away, taken out, and, and be uh, out of the body and present with the Lord. Listen, we were talking about the 144 last week. We were talking about how the, the uh, great marvelous... Plagues are going to be coming in the seven plagues in chapter 15. The preludes to the bowl of judgments. That's what we were getting into. And that was the most important part of this next chapter is the seven angels with the seven plagues. Here we are. And it says, And I saw another sign in heaven, a great marvelous and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues. These are the, listen, seven last Plagues in Hebrew seven is Sheva, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Here he's coming with his judgments for the non-believers. The one forty-four thousand will be on earth. They will be 
swinging swords of love and truth for Jesus Christ. They will be sharing the gospel with Israel and with the whole world. God will be giving his last final time to have non-believers get on their knees and receive him, although it'll be much harder, but God's merciful and graceful. And he will be reigning on the earth to destroy the, the, the great Satan and to uh, receive the non-believers into his kingdom if they get saved, which it'll be harder. John said, Then I saw another sign in heaven, and a great and marvelous seven angels, having the last, seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. Here it seems to be the battle of the Armageddon. But John will go back and describe God's judgment in a more detail. This basic idea of stating and restating in a more detail is common with prophecy. It's in the Hebrew literature. You go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. I mean, Genesis 1, I think it's chapter 2, verse 7. And Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 through 25. But it's, it's as, as, as in the plan of the prophet, he reviews and enlarges upon the scene that he basically is given out. What are you saying? Well, remember, we already saw what seems to be the end in Revelation, where John took us over the same stuff in chapter, it was Revelation chapter 6, all the way through verse 12 to 17. And basically, it's the same material in only a greater detail. And, and basically, it's that's why Revelation is not in chronological order. Okay? And that's why I'm telling you, you get wackos out there who say that we are the 144. Or the church has replaced, you know, the 144. And that they are the actual church that is the 144. And you can become the 144. This is a heresy. In fact, a deceitful plan to be somebody that they're not. And the reason for their, uh, you know, reasoning is because they, why they think that they're going to be part of the 144, and that is so gravely mistaken. They forget about First Thessalonians, where we'll be caught up, taken away, and they forget about Revelation 14, and they forget about the Bible in the Bible where it says in Revelation chapter four, where John says the door will be open, will be taken out, but. This is the problem today. We seem to chop up the word of God. Some, 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 some people. I can't say some enough because then I'll get emails saying, oh, you judgmental person, you. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just, uh, you know, trying to relate the message. That's all, you know. And so the most important thing is, is are we ready? This is what God is saying. Are you ready for my return? We see the world that is engulfed with sin and we see the world that is so depressed, so dysfunctional now that there's no more reading of the word of God. Only the computers are more important to people nowadays. It's pathetic. 
And so God is saying, look, I'm going to send you seven more angels. Hold on. I'm going to send you seven more angels. The number of the oracle number of God, Sheva in Hebrew. And he's saying, for in them, listen to this, the wrath of God of, of God is complete. Well, what are you saying? I'll tell you what he's saying. He's saying, look, I'm going to try seven more last plagues. And I'm going to throw the judgment on the disobedient and, and, and contrary world. And so I'm going to do this because I love them. I'm going to try to get as many as I can to come to me before I judge the world and burn the place up and bring home my loving followers. You might say, oh, that, that's so mean. <laughs> He's so merciful that he will wait until the very end to come to you because for in them the wrath of God is complete and and the Greek word the Greek word for wrath is thymos. Okay? And you know, it's Revelations 14 and 10. You can check it out. But there are two words for the wrath of anger or anger in the biblical Greek thymos. It's a volatile, passionate anger. An orge. Remember I told you that last week. It's an orge anger from it's a form of settled disposition. This is a where this is like where God's anger it it flashes it's hot he's mad he's angry but then there's a you know passionate anger where he will, he loves us so much he wants to bring us back to him because he's in love with us Isn't that amazing? He loves us so much. And he's not just blowing off his steam, he's not just angry and mad. Ah! Blow the world up and kill everybody. No. He's blowing his merciful love to the world. And he's saying, look, I'm hungry for a relationship with you. I want you to come to me and have a relationship with me. I don't want to just punish everyone. Okay. But hear this, because I had this dream years ago in verse 2, it says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, they sing the song of, of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, and listen to this, it's amazing. Wow, I'm just excited. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. Verse, uh, who, verse 4, who shall not fear, O Lord, and glory your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. It's cool because I, was, I had a dream. I woke up, man, in heaven. And I was standing on glass. It was crazy, man, looking at the water. It was radical, man. And the Greek word is epi for glass. The sea of glass, epi. It, it's over or beside, okay? That's, I think it's really the, the, architect, uh, the architectural of heaven. It's glass. I mean, sea of glass, physical glass. I mean, like, wow, I, I seen it. It was exciting. And also it represents, you know, the word of God connecting, you know, the tabernacles, the labor, the, all the washing of the water by the word, Ephesians 5.26. But this is basically us standing on God's word and the word of God and knowing that he's going to be there for us no matter what. Okay? 
You don't got to worry. Believers, non-believers, listen, for you non-believers, you got to understand something. I know you've tried everything in life and you still have that void. And you may be listening to this sermon right now saying, wow, man, this is crazy. Harps and sea and, <laughs> you know, the Lamb of God and all this marvelous works. Well, listen, man, God made you for a reason. He's washed you. He wants to wash you. He's pre-washed you for the coming of his son. He's been, he cleansed us from our sins. He died on the cross for us. He was risen for our, uh, on the grave. No, no God that I know can be you know, died for our sins, risen from the grave, and he's in love with us. But we got to stop and say, man, I want that. We have to trust in something that we can't see. Like the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, the honor of faith. But we have to understand that we, we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. We can't let the people in our lives, the negative people and the sourpuss people in our lives, bring us down. We got to keep going, trust in God, not throw problems on people's laps and give the problems to God because He can take them. He can take them in the sea of glass, dump them in there and never bring them back up again, man. It's amazing. <laughs> Truly, it's amazing what God can do in our lives if we trust in Him and seek Him. And I'll say it every Sunday. Nobody knows the hour when they're going to go. Nobody knows the time when they're going to die. Nobody knows. You can't take it with you. But you can take your salvation in Jesus Christ with you and live forever in the presence of God if you're really praising Him and wanting to be like Him. Listen, I know we're sinners, believers. I know we struggle. Men, women, I know we all struggle. We're all sinners. We're nobody's perfect. But know that Christ has ordained His love for us. God sent His only Son for us so that we as believers can come crawling to Him and repent and say, I'm sorry. And He will forgive us, take our sins, bury it in the bottom of the abyss and never throw it in our face again. And I really believe this abyss is that beautiful picture of heaven, that glass looking down from the dream I had. Beautiful glass. He takes the sins and he throws it away and he never, ever throws it in your face again. Satan does. He's a liar, a murderer, and an accuser. And he wants you to not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's a condemner, the Bible says. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are truly in Jesus Christ. But he's a tricker. He's sneaky. He's evil. He's like that Smeagol in that movie, you know, with the ring. It's beautiful to him, but, but it's bad. Listen, believers, don't let the devil rob your joy. You know, I can always tell when someone's really not saved because they, 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 keep, they keep going back and vomiting it up and throwing it back up in your face, the past. They love your past don't they? Satan loves your past because he wants to rob your future and Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to be happy. Miserable people like to throw miserable problems on your apps because they don't know Jesus. But when you know Jesus, you know that the harps of God are beautiful because the 24 elders in Revelation 5.8 is, you know, they're worshiping God with music in heaven. Oh, I don't like worship music. Well, then don't, don't be a Christian. Don't be a believer. Don't be a messianic because 
This is what it's about. Worshipping for eternity. Oh, God. I had a friend of mine. Oh, he was an old friend. He was so on fire for Jesus. But boy, the, the minute I put on worship music in my car was the minute he had to get out. <laughs> wow. I was like, are you serious? What's wrong with this song, man? He's like, I got to get out of here. This song's making me sick. I go, I, I thought you loved Jesus. These are the people you don't want in your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to worship. It's going to be marvelous. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways. <laughs> o King of the saints, who shall not fear you. O Lord and glory your name. Wow, for you alone are holy for all nations, not just America, which I believe is a spiritual Babylon. Uh-oh, I said it. Here comes the emails. Yes, spiritual Babylon, not physical. Pastor Joseph thinks it's going to be a Babylon honor. No, man, listen, it's a spiritual Babylon. Wake up. <laughs> Look at your school systems lately. It's a system that the Antichrist wants us to fall into, to miss the mark so we don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. He catches us off guard. We fall off the ladder. Christ comes back. We miss the mark. Boom. Satan wins. We lose. We can't do that. For you are alone, are holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before you. I want to be that person. For the, your judgments have been manifested. For your judgments have been manifested. That means they're already done, man. He already knows. We don't got to worry. We don't got to trip, man. We don't got to think too hard into it. Don't think too hard into it, man. You don't got to keep brainwashing your, 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 your congregants to serve. Serve, 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 serve. They're too caught up in serving. They miss the mark. We need them to enjoy God's word through the Loving commandments of Jesus Christ. Verse 5 says, After these things I looked, and behold, a temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Woo! Heaven! And out of it was the temple, came the seven angels, having the seven plagues, clothed in his pure bright linen. Listen to this. Remember the singing's going on, the Moses song, the, law, the song of the Lamb. You know, the two titles refer to a single song. It's a perfect union, man, between law, the law, the halacha, and love, ahava, between the Old Covenant and the New Testament. You know, it, it's, it's radical. <laughs> it gives praise to God's works. Marvelous. Because God's ways are just and true, and He loves you just who, for who you are. Okay? And his, God's worthiness is radical. Okay? So, listen. You... Believers, focus on God, okay? The true worship, okay? Understanding that it's all about God and not for us. It's never about us. It was never about us. From the moment we were created, it was all about our Father, Jesus Christ in heaven above, above earth. It was all about Jesus. You know that song? It's all about you, Jesus it's none of, about us. It's the glory belongs to Him and all Him. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. Believers, I'm excited because I don't want to just talk about boring stuff, man. I want to talk about the Word of God and every verse of it. It's I'm hungry. I'm hungry to serve Him. 
But the seven angels are going to give seven bowls of judgment. And they're distinctly clothed. Listen. Okay. And out of the temple came the seven angels having the seven plagues clothed in pure bright linen. And having their chest girded with golden bands. Now think about that. These are golden bands. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls for the wrath of God. Who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Listen, we see the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven as a replica of Exodus 25. 8 through 9. And Hebrews 8 through 9 reminds us that the tabernacle God and God told Moses to build was based on a heavenly pattern. This is the temple of tabernacle. It refers to the heavenly reality of the tabernacle, not, not the earthly copy. Listen, believers. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the plagues. Remember that. <laughs> we're not going to be here. I get, you know, I, I get these all the time. Oh, we're not going to... We're going to get sick. It's here. Oh, go. It's the monkey flu and the bird flu. And, <laughs> Man, get over it, bro. You know, it, it, this is funny. First of all, no one's going to be able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Okay? Long and short, no one's able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. And this declares that the judgment was now irreversible. Nothing could hinder it any longer because access to the temple in heaven would not long be denied. Believers, listen. God doesn't want to deny you from heaven. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants us to repent of our deeds, our dirty works, our sinful lifestyle, and say, look, I want to come clean. He wants to dress us in these beautiful white linen clothing, purify us, give us the mercy that we don't deserve. He wants to show us how much love that he has for us, and that is why he's waiting patiently. And we see how much he loves us. First of all, recap is this. There will be a final battle, Armageddon. And there will be a time that God is going to take away the church. Rapture, harpazo, caught up, receive the believer into his arms. Then there will be destruction on the earth. You will not be here if you're a believer. You will see the enemy who is working now in the world, lining up the actual system that is going on now. We see the system now. We see it right now through the dirty politics, the lies, deceit, the false, some false churches, and we see the lining up of the angel, the, I mean the... Uh, Dark angels, we see the enemy already on earth lining up the battle. This chapter signifies that God is real and that he loves you and that he's coming back for you. 
and that he made you for a reason and that it's a joy to suffer because Christ suffered before us and this world is nothing but a test to the emergency broadcast system. And if you don't know how to get the Amber Alert or you don't hear the Amber Alert, meaning if you don't hear God crying in your mind saying, come to me, well, you should hear and you should come to him because he loves you and he has a plan for you. You see, we don't understand what God's doing behind the scenes in our own lives, but he allows certain things to happen like, like Joseph. Sold into slavery, despised by his family, jealousy, but yet India and Israel were fed the wheat during the crisis. Joseph raised up through the ladders and so many things came out of Joseph, but yet he was sold into slavery and suffered in jail all for God to be glorified and to be used for his glory. Listen, Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He don't want your money. <laughs> Although you should tithe to your church. First John says, Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. This is called the um, habitual sin. Habitual sinners, uh, you know, will not are not really saved. But it's talking about people who love the, loves the Lord. Let no one deceive you. The Antichrist, who denies the, the doctrine, are in the world, but Jesus Christ loves you. Listen, believers, don't worry about nothing because God loves us. He laid down his life for us, and we also, it says, ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. We believers understand that the Holy Spirit is so powerful that we don't have to worry. We will, we, all we have to do is rest in the Holy Spirit, allow Him to rest in us so that He can work in us and do the work that He wants to do in us. And I'll end with this. Maintain your life with God, it says in the Bible in Jude chapter 11. But you, beloved, building yourself up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Jesus' name, may glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you for the book of Revelation. We thank you, Lord, that you, Father, are the ones that are the one that is in control. You, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You're amazing, Lord. And so we thank you for this day. Father, we ask, Lord, that you go before us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys, and I can't wait to get into Revelation, uh, the next chapter next week. God bless you, and uh, happy Father's Day. And remember, uh, God is good.